You're tuned in to the program that goes far beyond the clouds. Trust no other host to help you calibrate your isobars and, and polish your rain gauge. Break out your sunglasses. Here's Andre. Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything. Weather, science, earth science, and a whole lot more at times. I'm your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz podcast, Andre Bernier, and I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. This is episode number 556. And today is Tuesday, August 26, 2023. Now, ordinarily, I would have released a Monday, a meteorological Monday episode, but this has been a really quirky period. Last week, very busy, not a single episode released. And of course, we had a ton of weather come through Northeast Ohio late Thursday night and on Friday that being the tornadic thunderstorms that left about 11 tornadoes ripping across northeast Ohio. And one day before that, flooding rains, up to almost 10 inches of rain in a very short period of time in the western basin of Lake Erie near Putten Bay, with most of the area picking up uh, anywhere between two, three and all the way up to six and seven inches of rain. And most of that coming really in a two-hour period along the warm front. So last week was just absolute weather insanity. Now, coming up in just a little bit, why am I releasing an episode on Tuesday? Well, it's in lieu of an episode on Monday. It is going to be, in fact, a meteorological episode really focusing on the tornadoes that occurred very late Thursday night and into early Friday morning. We will cover all of the ones that the National Weather Service have confirmed, some of them as strong as an EF2, most of them EF1s, and I don't believe we had any zeros in there. We'll have to check and see momentarily. And of course, not only will I list them, But I'll also have maps available on weatherjazz.com, episode number 556. Now, one of the things that I'm thinking about doing is perhaps even a close to daily release of Weather Jazz. And it will include some more timely information for Northeast Ohio in particular, since the vast majority of my audience is in Northeast Ohio, almost 80%. So essentially, eight out of 10 people who listen to Weather Jazz on a regular basis are from Northeast Ohio. The other two out of 10 of you are scattered all over the globe. And I say that quite literally because back last Christmas Eve, we got our first download from Antarctica, and that being near the Ross Ice Shelf, while one of the NASA scientists were down in the Ross Ice Shelf performing some experiments. Uh, Someone that I know well from college, and he promised that when he was down there, he would download Weather Jazz, and he did, and it showed up from Antarctica. 
Yes, it's only one download, but that makes Weather Jazz truly, truly, truly a world audience podcast. We're certainly glad that you are there. Now, one of the things that I do daily is every single morning I produce weather feeds, weather forecast feeds for radio station WKJA 91.9 FM in Cleveland. They are also known as Heartfelt Radio. One of the things that I will be considering in the near future is to somehow partner up in a way that will allow you to listen to the forecast right here on Weather Jazz that I feed for Heartfelt Radio. In fact, before we do anything else right now, let's go ahead and give you a little sample as to the forecast feed that was heard on WKJA, heartfeltradio.org. You can listen to that virtually from anywhere in the globe. And if you have a Tesla or if you have a car that has tuned in automatically in your car, just look for Heartfelt Radio, 91.9 FM. And you can listen in your car wherever you are in the USA or actually the whole globe where internet is available. So without further delay, before we get into some of the tornadic details of last week, and hopefully we can put that season behind us because, wow, what a period that was. Let's cover the very quiet forecast right now from Heartfelt Radio for Tuesday. Here it is. Even though we're ready to flip the calendar over to a brand new month, September, we're not giving up on the heat just yet. It will take a little time to return. Today's high, 77, very comfortable, lots of sunshine, variably cloudy tonight. There could be a random shower here and there at the overnight low, 58. Tomorrow, morning clouds, maybe a stray shower early, then partly cloudy and cool, high only 69. Sunny, comfortable Thursday, 75, will be near 80 Friday. I'm meteorologist Andre Bernier for Heartfelt Radio. As you can see, a fairly quiet week coming up with a little minor system on Tuesday night and very, very early Wednesday morning. And that will only add to emphasizing the cool a little bit early on. But yeah, we're going to warm up and very quickly going into the Labor Day weekend. Once again, for those of you who live in Northeast Ohio, you can catch my forecasts on a daily basis, Monday through Friday on heartfeltradio.org or by simply tuning into 91.9 FM. And you can hear a great morning program with Mark and Gabe. Okay, let's talk about last week, late last week, Thursday night and early Friday morning, because it was just one of those days that uh, seemed as though it was endless we knew early on that the potential for severe weather existed. And so it was decided pretty early on that I would stay through the 10 p.m. and beyond segments because Dante had some time off to enjoy. And so Mackenzie and I would keep an eye on things. Now, the decision was made in the afternoon. And at that point in time, there wasn't anything at all on radar but we knew the atmosphere was ripe for something to develop late in the afternoon. That began right around 5.30, 6 o'clock 
with a thunderstorm in Madison, Wisconsin, and one in Saginaw Bay, Michigan. Now, the two are pretty far apart, but when we looked at the visible satellite, we noticed there was a line of cumulus clouds that connected the two. It wasn't active yet, but we knew that that was the line that would suddenly become very active. And certainly, within 90 minutes' time, that line filled in and became severe and started diving south-southeast towards Cleveland. It was still a few hours away, but we knew that late night and very, very early morning on Friday last week would be very, very active. And indeed, it was. In fact, the first tornado warning was issued just after we had signed off on Fox 8 News at 10 p.m., and that meant that Mackenzie and I were essentially on the air for about two hours straight from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. when the last tornado warning had gone dark. Now, fortunately, I was given Friday off to recover. Friday wasn't so bad, but Saturday, my body did not know which way was up. So trying to reset my body clock was quite a task. Not initially, but on Saturday, everything caught up with me. Fortunately, it was a nice, quiet weekend, and I was able to convince my body that we were back on schedule by Sunday morning when I was heading off to New Promise Church. Many of you know that I am the interim pastor currently at New Promise Church in Cartland. That season is about to end. They hired a new senior full-time pastor who will begin on September the 10th. But until then, I'm still there and was there on Sunday. By Sunday, uh, I was much, much uh, closer to normal and feeling normal. And of course, Monday was even better, especially given the fact that the rest of the week, by and large, is going to be very quiet with the exception being uh, maybe a few stray showers on Tuesday night and early Wednesday with that weak system that will only add to amplify the early October-like cool, I might add, on Wednesday of this week. Okay, let's get to the reason for this particular episode today, and that is to essentially lay out the confirmed tornadoes in the order in which they were confirmed by the National Weather Service. If you'd like to see the maps of each one of those, you can go to weatherjazz.com, episode number 556, and you'll see them again in the order in which they were confirmed. The first one, the first touchdown was a brief EF0 tornado, the rest of them were ones and twos, but this was a brief EF0 tornado, and it was approximately three miles north of LaGrange. The path length was only a quarter mile, but it did touch down and produce some damage that goes right along with the pattern that you would find in a tornado. That was number one. Number two was the Bainbridge tornado which occurred at 12.16 a.m. on Friday morning. That was an EF1, path length almost two miles, and the max width of that tornado, 100 miles. Once more, each map will be found on weatherjazz.com, episode number 556. 
The next tornado was in Middlefield, occurring at 12.22 a.m. It was uh, a very short one, path length, about a half a mile or so. But this was the EF2 tornado that indicated winds of about 115 miles per hour in a short trail that essentially ran right along Route 608. The next one, shortly after that, 12.18 a.m., an EF1 tornado in Chardon. This one with max winds of 110 miles an hour and a path length just over one mile. And that one occurred essentially just the north of Aquila Lake. Incidentally, some of the posts on X, formerly known as Twitter, also come with some interesting pictures. So you can click on the pictures and see some of the damage from that area. The next one was confirmed EF2 tornado with the peak winds of 120 miles an hour in Warrensville Heights. This path length was one and a half miles and began essentially at the intersections of Interstate 271 and U.S. Route 422, and that went east-southeast from there, and it lifted just to the south of Miles Road, just east of Highway 422. Next, we go to the tiny town of Spencer at 12.11 a.m., an EF1 tornado, the path length about a mile and a half, with a max width of 200 yards. Yeah, this EFN went right through Spencer Township. Now, just before midnight at 11.47 p.m. on Thursday night, one of the first tornadoes, later confirmed by the National Weather Service, touched down near Vermilion Township. That was an EF-1 with a path length of about a quarter mile. It was a short one. But the signature certainly indicating that it was a brief tornado touchdown, essentially along the leading edge of the gust front that occurred with that squall line that came through. And that's what most of these were. In Trumbull County, the next one, at 12.35 a.m., the touchdown was an EF-0 with a path length of almost two miles. That was in the town of Bristolville, again in Trumbull County. The next one is in Mentor. That occurred at 12.04 a.m. Again, these are released in the order of their verification, not in chronological order. You're going to have to hunt and peck for that if you want them in chronological order. But let's go to Mentor now. Just after midnight, the EF1 tornado, the path length on this one, three and a half miles, one of the longer ones. Essentially, uh, beginning somewhere close to the Great Lakes Mall area and extending east-northeast just to the north of Kirtland Hills and just north of Interstate 90. The next one, we go to Elmore in Ottawa and Sandusky counties. This was one of the earliest ones. Touchdown, 11.08 p.m., and it went for over four miles, four and a quarter miles or so, with an EF1 rating and a wind speed of 110 miles per hour. And finally, the last one to be verified was one that came in from Cuyahoga County, and this one was a touchdown that happened 
very close to midnight, 11.59 p.m., and went until two minutes after midnight. An EF-1, which touched down near U.S. Route 322, essentially Mayfield Road and roughly East 72nd Street, and cut a path east-southeast down to East 89th Street and Euclid. Now, I can still remember being on the air and seeing one of those signatures on the velocity scan that night, mentioning that that was fairly close to the Cleveland Clinic. Sure enough, a verified tornado touchdown that was just under one mile long in downtown Cleveland. Now, it's going to take me just a little while to get all of these up on weatherjazz.com, episode number 556. But if you give me a little bit of time, if you return there and you don't see them right now, I will have all of those up there for you on the episode for those that want to see that path length, see the map, and in some cases, see some of the photographs that verify the fact that indeed a tornado touchdown occurred. Now, in some cases, some people even saying, hey, this was almost as extensive and as severe as the July 4th tornadoes of 1969. In some cases, there is a little bit of a comparison, given the fact that some of the tornadic activity actually occurred in downtown Cleveland. As we wrap up today's episode, let's hope That is the last severe weather episode of the season. Obviously, that may or may not be the case, but uh, certainly in terms of severity and extensiveness, it would be great to put that season now behind us until we get into the spring and early summer period of 2024. If you keep track of tornadoes, This episode is for you, and if you know somebody who is deeply interested in keeping track of such things, I hope that you will pass along this episode to them so that they too can become a Weather Jazz fan. Do you have a question, a topic suggestion? I welcome your input. You can reach me. Send me an email, weatherjazz at yahoo.com, or you can drop me a voicemail on the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line, 234-525-5888. Well, tomorrow is Science Wednesday. Most of this year, we've been examining points on planet Earth that have some interest. And tomorrow will be a bit of a different episode, but following the same theme. We'll just leave it at that, and we'll catch you tomorrow, right here, on Weather Jazz. Weather and science across the globe. Across the globe. The Weather Jazz.